Welcome to the Clear the Shelf podcast with Chris and Chris, the show that meets at the intersection of education and entertainment to discuss online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, wholesale, and all facets of selling on Amazon. We'll bring you news, tactics, strategies, insights, stories, and interviews to help you grow your Amazon business. And now, here are your hosts, Chris Grant and Chris Rasick. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Clear the Shelf podcast with your hosts, Chris Grant, that is myself, and Chris Rasick, who is here with me this week. Chris, how's it going, man? Uh, how's your How's your week been since we last uh, recorded an episode? It's going good. I got to, two weeks in a row, two podcasts in a row. Got new swag. You see? Did you see that? Heck yeah! That's a That's a good looking shirt. <laughs> it's a good looking shirt. I got to, for the the podcast listeners uh, uh, that aren't watching on YouTube. I, I've got my OA Challenge T-shirt, which uh, if you missed the link uh, to get one, there there's one floating around. Uh, we could probably provide that for you. But you know what? I, I've I've actually had shirts made before, and mm-hmm. these these Heather ones, the fifty fifty poly cotton blends, legitimately a really comfortable shirt. They're super soft, light. I, I mean, they're great shirts. Yeah, I, I agree. I every time I order a shirt that is is made by Amazon, I really try to make sure it's it's that one uh, because I, I don't know. It it really is a good shirt. You know, it flows, it hangs nice. Uh, yep. It uh, they 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 picked a good good shirt on that one. I don't know what brand it is because I always pull the tags out before I ever ever throw them on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tagless tees should be a, a requirement for all apparel. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think I think we've got a great episode this week. Uh, we're going to be diving into time management as an Amazon seller, uh, which, I mean, how many libraries full of books are are on time management? I mean, it's got to be tens of thousands of books and uh, and words written on the subject. But I think we'll be able to throw our own flair on it. But before we get into that. Uh, I did promise last week we'd start reading a review or two. And if you will take a moment after, of course, you like this video or wherever you're listening to this podcast, leave a review. We will, of course, give you a shout out once we get to your review and read it. But this week's review is from Brian H. And he says, awesome and timely information. Chris and Chris are both experts in OA and RA. And they aren't just influencers that you can find in many other forums. This podcast has already answered some of the ongoing questions that I had about Amazon. Can't wait for the next episode. Uh, Brian, I appreciate the uh, appreciate you leaving a review for us. Uh, uh, even if you did use the term expert loosely, uh, we'll take it. Uh, and, uh, and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, if you ever want to reach out, I'd be happy to send you a little thank you gift for, uh, for leaving us a review. And if you do the same... Uh, drop us a review in your favorite podcast uh, player, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it is. Uh, we'll get over there. We'll, we'll read some of those as well. And, uh, and we appreciate each and every single one of those. Uh, kind of gets us up back to the mic and and wanting to bring a little bit more content in your guys' way because we make sure we're hitting on the right notes. So I thank you for that. Uh, and we should probably talk a little bit of news before we get into time management. Uh, Chris, you wrote this week's five things Friday, uh, or at least 95% of it. 
Uh, it was nautical themed and it was fantastic. Uh, and one of the articles that you mentioned is creepy as hell, to be quite honest. Uh, you know, I, I will admit I have downloaded, I think, uh, definitely Samuel L. Jackson uh, as a voice for Alexa. I want to say that Shaq was on there, and I may have downloaded his voice as well. Uh, and then I got bored of it and and kind of moved on. Uh, but there is, they're coming out with a new feature where you can let Alexa listen to a voice. It could be a recording or a live voice. Uh, and after about a minute, it will be able to replicate the voice really, really well. So I don't know, your your grandma who is no longer with us, you could share her voice with Alexa. Uh, you know, heck, I, I don't know who else you might, might think about using, you know, maybe your, I guess your dad or your brother or whoever. Uh, but then Alexa can speak to you in their voice. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Number one, I don't know. Every now and again, technology screws up. And it wasn't that long ago that the Alexa that my wife keeps in our bedroom so that she can see the time and she can, you know, you know how women are at, at bedtime. Guys are like, I love you, honey. Good night. We roll over and we're snoring. Uh, but my wife, I would imagine like a lot of other wives and, and ladies out there uh, lay in bed and they're mine just continues turning over and over and over again. So for her, it's a great thing. She can be like, hey, add, you know, whatever to our shopping list or, you know, remind me of this appointment. And it's great. Uh, but about three o'clock in the morning, maybe two weeks ago, Alexa decided to start speaking in the middle of the night. And that was an uncomfortable <laughs> thing to wake up to. <laughs> it would be even worse if it were a dead relative's voice, <laughs> I'm not Nightmare sure how I'd handle that. I'm not sure how I'd handle that. Uh, and so I'm really curious what Amazon engineers were thinking, who decided to greenlight this project and, and what they thought uh, people were going to use this for other than uh, scaring the living daylights out of their children and family members. <laughs> right. I, I mean, the, the, the presentation that they did in, in Vegas, I, th now that was cute. You know, you have the, a little child that says, hey, can grandma finish reading The Wizard of Oz to me? And grandma is in, in this scenario, grandma's passed away. And so Alexa changes her voice and reads the story to this, her granddaughter. That's, that's cute. Um, not, not cute enough to, to override how <laughs> creepy this is. Um, now, if like eventually when it gets to the point where AI gets really, really smart, like and if it could actually take on some of the, the sayings of dead relatives, then I might be on board. Like if I if I asked Alexa what the weather was mm -hmm. and it was my my dearly beloved now now passed away grandmother that told me it's colder than a witch's tit out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's sign me up that that's good stuff there. But. You know, if if it's just, I I don't yeah. There's too many, too many creepy instances that that, 
you know you know what i might do is is i i might try to get like an audio clip of i think if i had my choice and i might pick like neil gaiman's voice oh i like that like if it could just you know maybe that's something i would use it for you know just give mm -hmm. a, a minute of like him his audible readings or something like that because i could listen to him talk all day long but uh but yeah the the relatives that's that's dicey yeah yeah i i would i definitely wouldn't mind hearing maybe some voices of the past you know uh you know who i would love to hear is uh oh and of course i'm gonna forget his name but the prime minister of great britain during world war ii um, churchill churchill you know i i wouldn't mind hearing churchill speak to me uh you know i guess tell me what the weather is i news of the day might be a little bit a little bit more apropos for his voice um yeah. you know but yeah i don't i don't know uh i wouldn't mind hearing my grandfather tell me he's busier than a one-armed paper hanger which is one was one of his uh <laughs> Uh, one of his he had he had some other sayings for it being so hot outside but i'm not really sure if i can share the <laughs> share those publicly um there there was a little bit of, of other news too you shared uh well you shared something that i i mean cnbc just took it from us without any uh there was no respect they didn't put our name on it uh, or anything didn't like reach that out. No, I mean, not a, hey, thanks for talking about this and uh, and letting us run with it, um, you know, but um, they talked about, uh, sorry, and I'm going to, of course, lose my uh, Revlon, my train of thought here. But yeah, the, the Revlon bankruptcy filing uh, and how it's probably going to spread a bit. Uh, I don't know. This kind of, it kind of excites me because I smell... I mean, I smell blood in the water. Uh, I smell opportunity. I smell uh, a way for us to be able to uh, to leverage the unfortunate things that will happen. You know, if this recession that everyone is prognosticating comes to fruition, uh, and I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm curious to see who it happens to first. You know, is it going to be these direct to consumer brands? Uh, that have tried to stay away from Amazon as a platform and you know want to be really hard on on Amazon sellers. Is it going to be some of the older brands? You know, like I mean, Revlon's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, is it going to be these brands that just aren't in touch with uh, the way that e-commerce and today's shopping culture works? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, what do you think it will be? I think one thing for sure is that, that if there is a snowball effect and it's company after company starts filing, I think each one is it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, I should have guessed, <laughs> you know, it's going to make perfect sense after the fact, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be the companies that have been slow to adapt. You know, mm -hmm. it's um, you know, retail is just, you know, brick and mortar retail is, tough you know uh, and there's multiple layers to to why it's tough 
Hey guys, wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening to the Clear the Shelf podcast. My magnanimous co-host Chris Rasick has put together a gift for you for being a listener. It's called the Monthly Goal Tracking Spreadsheet and it's free. The spreadsheet will help you break down and track how much you've purchased, which should be a leading indicator of how much you will sell, and then you'll be able to track how much you've sold as well as your estimated monthly profit on a daily basis. This will all feed into the daily averages so you can ensure that you're on track to meet your goals each and every month. Grab it for free today over at cleartheshelf.com forward slash goal dash tracking. Thanks again for being a listener. Now back to the show. Uh, you know, throw the throw the pandemic in there. You know, that was just that was gas on, on the flame, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, of a struggle that was already occurring prior to Um you know, I think I think direct to consumer brands are, are, are probably in a position of strength. Um, you know, they, they already have the middleman cut out. You know, they're, they're probably if they're doing it right, they're probably running a little bit leaner um, mm-hmm. than, than some of these other traditional uh, setup companies. Uh, but I th- so I think they'll be OK. I, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's probably a lot of uh, uh, well-aged brands that that just have, have been slow to, uh, to, to see, which something that, that to me seems fairly obvious of, of the way things were moving, you know, the, the evolution, um, you know, it hasn't been happening behind the scenes. It's right in front of our eyes all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to be them, you know, and which is probably a good thing for the opportunity that, that we're smelling already. You know, because mm-hmm. if it's a bunch of well-established brands that have been around for decades, that's a name that people are going to know. You know, that, that's going to be some well-established, trusted uh, products that uh, potentially could could have their their prices just slash through a through a liquidation sale. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I know that nobody wants to have like an economic downturn. I, I get that. You know, we want sure. the good times to keep rolling. But I remember some of the things that happened during the last recession, and I'm I'm a little bit smarter than I was, you know, in 2008. Uh, and so I'm just I'm curious to see how it all plays out because a lot of things happened in 2008. You had a lot of roll-ups. You know, Blackstone picked up a, a bunch of brands and companies, uh, you know, for pennies on the dollar when they went through Chapter 11, and. As I watch these rollups over time, it doesn't really seem like anybody does a really great job at it. You know, Blackstone, uh, you know, the other, you know, I'm trying to think of the other big uh, kind of rollups that are out there. Uh, there. There's a ton of them. I think Citadel maybe and, and a few others. Uh, and then, of course, we've seen it on the Amazon side as well. And what we're seeing on the Amazon side is, well, they're already starting to slow down because, they can't run all these roll-up brands as well as uh, you know an owner-operator could, and so they're kind of pulling back. And I'm curious if this happens all over again. You know, these companies that are poised with cash, do they start rolling up brands, or are they going to be victims of the market? Are they going to see all these brands that they have under their umbrella that they now need to slash and get rid of? You know, dead weight on the books. And so I'm, I don't know, I'm interested to see how it goes. And, and I, I just think there's going to be a ton of opportunity, not only for us as Amazon sellers, but also, 
you know, people who actually maybe are good operators and want to pick up a, a brand on the cheap and, and kind of revive it. Uh, I, I guess it'd be like Ty Lopez, you know, he picked up Radio Shack and Pier One and a few others with his business partners. Now, how many more is he going to get? Uh, and I don't know. And people are going to make fun of him because like Radio Shack doing <laughs> NFTs and stuff. But uh, yeah, it should should be interesting. Now, I will have to say this. If anyone at CNBC is listening this time around, we would appreciate a link to the show if you uh, take more of what we what we talk about and and run with it. We, you know, that's a fairly common practice in uh, uh, in the blogging and, and media world. So just uh, just a heads up. Uh, but we should probably we should probably delve into the time management topic. Uh, time management is <clears throat> like we said; it's one of the it. There's a perennial bestseller on time management every single year. Uh, It is something that I would say not very many people would say that they're good at. Uh, And those people who say that they're good at it, I would almost bet that 50% or more are are lying either to everyone else or at least themselves. Um, And it's a struggle, you know. If you're going from a job to selling on Amazon or owning your own business, uh, you might be used to people telling you what to do, uh, when to do it, how long to do it. uh, And you've got all these expectations that are thrust upon you by the higher ups. And then all of a sudden, whether it's a side hustle or or a full-time business, you've got no one other than maybe your spouse or, or partner telling you what to do. Uh, whether or not you even have to show up in pants when you want to work uh, and uh, and how much or how little you actually have to work. And then all of a sudden you find that you're the you're the chief cook and bottle washer. You are responsible for everything from you know, making payroll if you have it all the way down to making sure the toilets are cleaned. Uh, and it's it's tough. It's not an easy gig. Uh, and so, and there's even a, a myth out there that I think, you know, I think a lot of people want to have this work-life balance. You know, I can have it all. I can do everything. And plainly, I think that's false. Uh, I think there's an ebb and a flow to it. I think that every now and again, you've got to pull 12, 16 hour days and maybe you have to do that for a week. Maybe you have to do it for a month. Maybe you have to do it an entire Q4 if you want to knock your, your goals out of the park. Uh, but then sometimes every day can be a Saturday, like you like to call it. Uh, you know, you can make sure that you stick your feet in the pool for an hour or two or you hit the range or hang out with your kids or your family. Uh, and you've only got to work 10 hours a week because things are just you're in the flow and everything's kind of going in the right direction. Uh, but I don't I don't think that. Even if you are one one hundred percent at time management, that you're ever going to have this perfect work life balance. And I think we, as entrepreneurs, we need to either accept that or realize that we're not going to necessarily get where we want to go. Uh, you know, it, things could be fine. You can put in six to eight hours a day, and and you know things will be fine. You can have a business that runs, uh, but it's not going to necessarily be exactly what you want because there are going to be times when you've just got to put in 
the time and, and keep your nose to the grindstone. Uh, and so I'm, I'm guess I want to know your thoughts, like, you know, what's important about time management and I don't know, are there any myths out there that you think uh, exist or anything like that? Yeah. And it's something that I, I think about a lot. Um, you know, in fact, it was, it was one of the very, very first questions that I, I reached out to you in, in a DM about, you know, it, it was, you know, if you're for the part-time sellers that, that hope to one day be full-time Amazon sellers or, or full-time entrepreneurs and walk away from that nine to five life, there's a, a, a romantic quality to it when you still have a, a W2 position. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's romantic to think about all the time. Um, it, it's romantic to think about how much time it's romantic to think about doing whatever you want, when you want. Um, it's, if I could cut in, it's really romantic to think about walking out of the office, flipping your boss, the bird <laughs> and telling everyone where they can, they can shove that job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, uh celebrity voices on, on smart speakers, there, there is actually a, a feature that you can kind of like, what's it called? Cameo, where you can hire a celebrity. Mm -hmm. You can actually have them give your resignation notice. Uh, oh, that's so you know, awesome. So that's that's another one that Sam Jackson might be good at, but, uh, depending on your, your your opinion of your soon-to-be ex-employer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, pie in the sky and, and daydreaming to be done when you, before you do it, you know, and, and, there's a little bit of, of the grass is always greener um, involved in this because, you know, what happened to me was I quit my, my day job. I went full time and I said, wow, you know, I, all of my time is my own now, mm -hmm. you know, and then it, it, it only took a little bit before I was sitting there going, my entire day is wide open. What the hell do I do now? <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about, about the structure, you know, and, and, um, you know, I mean, at first I, I, I loved it, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, we, we've had an ongoing thing where, where it's, you know, hashtag, uh, ever forever Saturday. Um, and, and it, it truly is great, but I, I think the one thing, if, if you don't really kind of analyze it and you don't really look at it, honestly, there is still work involved. You know, and there's a lot of work involved. Um, so it was it was a challenge for me to try to build a structure from scratch. You know, I had never have had to do that before. Um, it, it requires discipline, um, and and it 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 requires a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more effort than you know your daydreams kind of kind of led you to believe. Um, not that it's not great. <laughs> you know, it's very happy with it. And, and, uh, but, it, but it's a challenge, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it's not, uh, it's not a walk in the park all the time. So, you know, I, I, I think this, it, there's a blurred line or, or, it, or they run very close together, uh, time management and productivity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the better you are at, at one, you know, the other is going to, uh, uh, kind of ride the tide with you, you know, and I mean, obviously they, it's best if they work together, um, you know, but, but it's very, the two of them are, are, are tied together, you know, so it's, you know, time management is, 
it's kind of you know similar to to when if you did have a day job and and you you were doing something nine to five or you know you're working in an office like i was or you know it's just a bunch of cubicles um there are people that will randomly come up to you when you're in the middle of something you know there's constant distractions and and meetings to pull you away and and uh Mm -hmm. um that really doesn't change you know if you have children like i do um I never realized how many snacks a four-year-old requires un- until I quit my day job. It's um, insane. It is. I don't, I, I'm about to, I need to test your blood sugar or something. Like, I don't you know. <laughs> how do you, can I have a snack? Another one? How do you, <laughs> that's all you've I, I done. Don't, I, I don't know how kids need to eat on the quarter hour uh, consistently. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, I do concept i mean the you know the dishes like we're gonna we're gonna run out of of silverware and, and dishes you know simply uh just the the volume of, of the snacking that goes on but uh, mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah if you have dogs the dogs need to go out and and uh you know if uh <laughs> if you if you're doing oa and you have dogs uh they're gonna go nuts every time the you know fedex shows up followed by ups followed by the, the mailman and then sometimes ups again and, um yeah, there's uh, there's challenges involved. This is this is a much more important topic than than maybe it appears on the surface. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, and you know, so I want to I want to talk a little bit about this Harvard Business Review. And I will I will have to say this: if you do not pay for a Harvard Business Review subscription, I would highly highly suggest it. Uh, it's it's not super cheap. I want to say it's maybe two fifty or three hundred dollars a year, uh, but the both the quality and the breadth of content that they offer is, I mean, it's second to none. Uh, and I mean, it's it's from Harvard. You know, it's it's going to be good stuff. But they wrote an article about time management back in twenty twenty. And there were three different skills that they say uh, really help you when it comes to succeeding at time management. One is awareness, Uh, you know, thinking realistically about uh, your time and understanding that it's a it's a limited resource. I think everybody understands how limited time is, Uh, but thinking realistically about how much time we have, I, I think, is a completely different subject. I I can easily say that I have got no free time. However, uh, I don't know, maybe once or twice a week, I will catch myself in a three-hour binge marathon of some television show. And then afterwards, as I'm, you know, mentally kicking myself, I realize, wow, I really just wasted three hours and I'm never going to get that time back. Uh, and, and I spent it on, you know, trash TV. I mean, it, it's not like I was watching a documentary. I was, I was watching stranger things or, you know, uh, or you, something you worse. Spent, you spent that time on the arts. Don't on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> now one of the other skills you need to have is, is arrangement. So uh, organizing your goals, your plans, your schedules, the tasks that need to be done. Uh, and then, I think even further in that arrangement is there's urgent things and then there's important things. 
And sometimes urgent and important are the same thing, but not always, you know? So can you knock those urgent things off the, off the lid? You know? So if, if I'm bleeding, I need to urgently get to the ER. So if, if something in your business is bleeding, please urgently uh, apply pressure to whatever that wound is. Uh, but then there's important things like it's important that I go and get a checkup every year uh, and make sure I'm as fit as I am going to be for the next year. Uh, and it's also important that you do a checkup on your business, you know, whatever that is, whether it's financials or you're, you know, make sure you're doing, you're looking at your PL or, uh, you know, going through replens and making sure you've got adequate inventory. Uh, and on the flip side, maybe, you know, you're making sure that you aren't overstocked and you're taking care of that if necessary. Uh, those are important things, but they're not necessarily urgent. So they need to be put in a hierarchy a little bit differently. And then the third skill that they talked about was adaptation. So monitoring your, your use of time while performing activities. Uh, and that means adjusting to interruptions or changing priorities uh, because you're, you know, your priorities will change. Something urgent can pop up. There's always going to be a fire here and there that needs to be handled quickly. Uh, and, and some of the other important things can fall down the list a little bit. Um, you know, so I guess those, you know, those people who are not able to, if they have to stick to stick to a schedule and if anything changes that just sends them into a spiral for the whole day, you need to work on that to make sure that you can adapt. It's, it's important. Um, now what I found interesting and something that uh, I think you and I have talked about a little bit uh, is when you are working on awareness as a skill, you need to find your peak performance time. And I know that yours is you're a late, you're, you're a night owl, uh, you know, and it's, it's not right or wrong, uh, but you know that about yourself. Uh, I am naturally a night owl, but just due to the way that, you know, home life works, I don't necessarily get to be a night owl. I, I've got to be up, you know, at six or seven or, or whatever it is. Uh, and so I've, I've sort of trained myself to come back a little bit. But what I've found is that if I have to get up at six or seven, my kind of peak time for working is probably one o'clock to 3 p.m. or so. Uh, and so it's important to kind of find your own peak time. I know that some writers, their peak time is, you know, five or six o'clock in the morning when it's quiet, when there are no interruptions. And that's when they, they get really good writing done. Uh, you know, uh, the other thing uh, about awareness is treat your time like it's money. Uh, a lot of people will create a budget and they've got, you know, every single month, 3% goes to this account and 5% goes to this account, but we don't ever create a budget for our time, uh, which when I read this, I was like, holy crap, that's really freaking smart. And I don't know why I haven't done this before. Uh, you know, but if you need to give 10% of your time to, I don't know, one particular thing every single day, or maybe, maybe your family gets, you know, 25% of your day or, or whatever it is. Uh, but creating a budget and then trying to stick to it can be something that makes your life a little bit easier. 
uh, evaluating how re realistically you actually assess your time. I would say this is something we're probably all really, really bad at. Uh, how long does it actually take you to finish a project? Uh, or, you know, how long does it take you to do online arbitrage? Does it, can you really pack up a 500 unit shipment in an hour and a half, like you say you do on Instagram, or has it really taken you eight hours? Uh, you know, but you feel like it's only been an hour and a half. We're on, so. we're on day three of that 500 <laughs> uh, parcel shipment. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then uh, avoid the sunk cost fallacy. You know, this is, this is not only when you're talking about inventory, but you know, you think you might be spending too much time on an activity well, you could step back and you say, well, how important is this really? And if it's something that is not really that important, it's not going to move your goals forward, then maybe think about saying, okay, let's let's toss this in the wastebasket and let's move on to something that is actually important in our business. Um, I don't have any examples right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's plenty of things that, uh, that probably fall under this category that we do either out of habit, uh, maybe a little bit of, of guilt of, you know, we've got to get this done uh, and things like that. But I'm sure I could probably carve out three or four things that I do on a regular basis that don't need to be there anymore. Well, that's anybody that, that's made a list and, and tried to prioritize, uh, which is important. You know, that's another important part of you know, actually being realistic, uh, you know, about your, your evaluation, um, and, and your time assessment, you know, is, is you need to know realistically how long does it take to do this task, all of your tasks. If, you know, if we're, if we're being perfectly honest, you know, actually auditing the time that you spend, I can't tell you how many articles I've read that, that have one of the steps being a, a journal, you know, where you basically log everything that you do and the time that it takes you to do it for like an entire week when you first start out. There's a bunch of different time management systems that have that aspect to it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, anybody that, that uh, you know, I, I've even heard, you know, people advocating for doing easy tasks first, mm -hmm. um, you know, because the, the concept is to to actually cross off certain tasks and they think there's a, a momentum and a, you know, a positivity attached to that part of it. Um, and then a little people, dopamine hit. Right. Exactly. And then there's, there's, there are other people who, you know, Mark Twain, you know, if, you know, eat the fr first thing you do, if you have to eat a frog is, is get it done first thing in the morning, you know, get your most difficult task, uh, out of the way, uh, right away, you know? So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And, and, you know, through that, that Harvard business review and those, those principles that they're talking about, it's, you can see so many different systems that we've read about just intertwined, you know, like as you're, as oh, you were yeah. talking, I'm thinking about, okay, you know, it, like you basically described the, uh, the quadrant mm -hmm. man time management system, you know, where you, you basically have four quadrants and you group them into uh, important, urgent, both and neither. Um, you know, I think that that's a, an interesting one. And, uh, you know, that you would focus on quadrant two, which is the, the important stuff, um, more so than like four, the one that, you know, that's, that's neither, um, you know, but getting back to, uh, you know, the, the, you know, 
feeling feeling guilty or, or uh, you know, trying to get stuff done. Um, you know, when I procrastinate, I go through that a lot. You know, there, there are plenty of times where, um, you know, it gets into to my late night, you know, the, the quiet part of my day, um, the, the part of my day that I can concentrate the most. Uh, you know, and some days I'm just not feeling it, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm feeling my, my hashtag forever Saturday and, and, you know, I'm goofing around and screwing around. And then, you know, something clicks where it's like, okay, it, if I don't want to pull an all nighter, I'm going to have to go to bed soon. And then you kind of, you kind of take stock of, of your day and you go, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really do anything <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? like finishing second and Fortnite doesn't count. Um, you know, it, it, so it, there are times where I just scramble just to get something done, you know, cause you just, you want something, you want to be able to cross something off at the end of the day. Cause you're just being a, a schlub. So yeah, I, it, it's, it's interesting that, you know, the, the, the systems and, and, you know, especially in this, in this, uh, setting, you know, where, mm-hmm. where we have so much control of, of so much of our day as, as Amazon sellers. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the next thing that, Harvard Business Review talks about is is like de- you need to develop some arrangement skills, uh, you know. So, and it's not necessarily about organizing your work to better control your life. It's more about taking control of of your life and then structuring your work around it. Is is what they they say arrangement skills are all about. So, they they say you should prioritize activities and obligations. Uh, and we've talked about this not not easily uh, not not enough to just write out your tasks and your to-do list and your meetings, but prioritize them. And one thing I would add to this that, that they did not talk about is do you ever, so I write, and I've, I've shown the, the to-do list on, on screen before, but you know, I, I like to write out my to-do list just on a blank sheet of paper every day. Uh, but you ever have those things that stay there for like three, four, eight weeks <clears throat> Those things that just keep going on to the next one, man, you gotta, you just gotta get those out of there. You're, you're not going to do them. They're obviously not that important or some fire would have popped up because of them. Uh, so it's time to just cut those off the list. Yeah. I've, I've got some post-it notes that I'm surprised haven't popped roots again. <laughs> um, they've yeah, got, and, and they become, <laughs> yeah, you can't, they're falling off because the adhesive has, has, you know, eroded away. Um, and they, those become invisible anyway, you know, it's, you know, and it's, it's probably a good exercise to, to rewrite it anyway. If it's, if it truly is something that, that, you know, is, is not urgent, obviously, you know, but it's mm-hmm. something that, that you want to get done. Um, it, it would help to actually write it back out. You know, that makes it, makes it fresh. There's that connection where you actually, if you write it again, um, you know, it, it'll kind of, uh, uh, solidify in your brain a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're right. You know, they, those tasks that seem to just pile up, they, they really kind of are invisible, but I still think that they take up some shelf space in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which may cause you not to think as clearly and, oh, well, you know, I want to get this done, but I've got these things that I need to do. And then it kind of takes you away from, working on those, those urgent and important tasks and then back into thinking, oh, well, I've got these five things that I've got to do. And, you know, you worry about them and, and think about them. It's just a waste of time. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, and you certainly don't want a reminder that you didn't accomplish as much as you, you know, you, you thought your future self was going to. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's actually a, a negative connotation to that. You know, if it just if it's staring at you on the face, it could create guilt. You know, if you're if you're taking a, a well-deserved break, which, mm-hmm. which a lot of the research now coming out is, you know, it, there, there's kind of a backlash or a, a reversal on the, the overworking, um, you know, and the, the, the super hustle, um, you know, we're kind of a lot of the stuff coming out is taking a step back and, and saying, you know what, it, you're actually far more productive if you take frequent breaks, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so you certainly don't want a dusty post-it note or, or, a you know, a crumpled up to-do list that's been sitting there for too long to make you feel guilty mm-hmm. um, because you need to, to, you need the, the mental health, you know, just part of it, you know, to, to just check out for a minute um, because it's ultimately going to create better work when you get back to it. Yeah. I want to, I want to circle back to this whole, this hustle porn thing uh, because it's, it is, I don't know. I, one, I think it's a little bit toxic uh, and, you know, I guess when it, when it first started, uh, and it kind of became, you know, hashtag hustle was, you know, everywhere. I think that I really bought into it. But maybe now as I've gotten a little bit older and a little bit wiser, uh, I realized it's it's kind of garbage. Uh, and so I, I want to come back to that here in a, in a moment. But uh, one of the other things that that Harvard talked about when you arrange things is, is to schedule protected time. And I think this, I mean... Honestly, I, I know that you and I have probably read one or two time management books you know, together. Uh, and scheduling protected time is in every single one of them. Uh, <laughs> Dan Kennedy probably takes it a little too far. <laughs> I know we've read his. Uh, and uh, he's, a, he's a different kind of fella. But uh, yeah, I think I think scheduling protected time where you're either focusing on some actual work, uh, you know, or you're having some thinking time, uh, you're working on your most important projects. Uh, though that scheduled time is important, uh, you know, and put it in your calendar. You know, uh, it's something I do. Uh, this podcast is in our family calendar, and everything I do gets put in our family calendar. And if I need time just to work on something. Maybe I'm putting together, uh, I don't know. I, I recently had to write a suspension. Uh, and so I, not for myself, but I, uh, I had to put in the calendar, the, you know, 90 minutes or so that I knew it would take me so that I could say, okay, I'm going into the office. I'm working on this at this time. Uh, and it's not only good for you to know that, uh, although I think that's probably a big part of it, uh, but it's also good for whoever else is in your life to be like, oh, okay, this is when, you know, dad is working. Uh, and then the other thing is, is that I think sometimes we try to bite off a little bit more than we can chew. And Harvard says to try half-sized goals. Uh, but I actually, I said this to someone the other day, and I don't, it's not my favorite quote, but, you know, what's the only way to eat an elephant? one bite at a time. Uh, and I think that especially in, in Amazon, I'll see people who just get started uh, or maybe they've been at this for two or three months and uh, all of a sudden they're like, Hey, uh, you know, who in here is selling a million dollars on Amazon or, 
You know, I saw someone recently say, hey, how many eight figure sellers do you know? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you're, you're not there yet. So there's not really a, there's not really a reason to go after those eight figure goals until we get to the five figure goals and, and we've knocked down the, the six figure goals and things like that. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think it's okay to reframe your goal so that it's, it's maybe a little bit outside your comfort zone, you know, but it's achievable. And then once you can hit that goal and you get that dopamine hit, then it's time to stretch a little bit further. Yeah. Like the concept of uh, even to-do lists. I like the mm -hmm. concept of making very short to-do lists, you know, with, with only like three bullets on it, you mm -hmm. know, because there is, there is that dopamine hit. There is a sense of accomplishment when you get those three done, you know, and you can still do more than that, but you know, a, a to-do list that has 25 things that you will never ever get to. And 17 of them are going to be flipped on to the next day. That's not doing you any good. Yeah. And, and it's a feeling of negativity. It's a feeling of not being productive enough that you don't need, you know, you mm -hmm. don't have to carry that. Yeah. You know, we've talked about dopamine hits three or four times now. And I think, I mean, I'm sure it's covered a lot. It, it, there's so many time management books I have not read. Although I would, I would argue that they're more or less 80% the same thing in different words. Uh, sure. But I, I, a lot of times we talk about, uh, you know, engineering your, your space, engineering the, the area you work in to make sure it's, uh, it's suitable for work. It's, you know, it's going to help you towards your goals. Uh, I think that we could use dopamine hits in a good way. We, you hear a lot of it, you know, deep work, Cal Newport talks about how social media you know, uses those dopamine hits to keep you hooked. Well, you can use dopamine for good too. It doesn't have to be just scrolling TikTok. It can be right. marking something off your to-do list and and really priming your environment to to get the next thing done. Uh, and and since we're talking about people who are smarter than us, the next thing Harvard said is, uh, as you try to build your adaptation skills, you should try habit stacking. Of course, I know both of us are our fanboys of James clear and habit stacking is, uh, is pretty high up on his list of things to do. So if you're not familiar with what habit stacking is, it's just taking something you already do and just putting something right on top of it. So for example, let's say that you want to, uh, I don't know, you want to do daily affirmations. We'll get a little woo-woo here uh, in this example, but you want to do daily affirmations. You know, I am, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am, you know, extremely handsome. Well, you could, you could stack that habit on top of, say, brushing your teeth. And so while I brush my teeth, I'm going to be saying these daily affirmations over in my head. Uh, that way I'm, you know, I'm doing two things at once. And it's okay to multitask that way. Matter of fact, later on in this Harvard Business uh, review article, uh, they actually talk about multitasking not being such a bad thing, which kind of made me feel a little bit better. Hmm. Um, you know, but but the other things you can do with habit stacking is maybe uh, if you want to track your daily progress, well, you know, do that while you're eating lunch or, uh, you know, maybe eating dinner or wh whatever it is. But uh, 
try to put as many things on top of each other as you possibly can. One of the other yeah. things they talk about is is using some short bursts of effort, which this goes right back to the Pomodoro technique. You know, you work for 25 minutes, you take five minutes off. Uh, I don't know. Do you do you do that regularly? Are you a, are you a fan of, of short bursts of of effort? Yeah, d- informally, though. Um, OK, you know, I know I, there, there was a study that was done um did you read the one that that actually said they they narrowed down the the perfect amount of time to work? Uh, yes, I did. Work, yeah, fifty two minutes working and then a seventeen minute break. Um, I, I'd probably I, maybe I have those numbers flipped in my personal uh, uh, output. Maybe a seventeen minutes of work and then I take about fifty two minutes off. <laughs> it might be part of my problem, <laughs> but but uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I've always been. I just kind of naturally need to reset um and it it goes back i had my old boss going back 20 years ago um he had uh back when i was writing loans when um when i was a loan officer at, at a mortgage broker uh you know he would you, you, most of the time in the classic uh, uh sense of of the commission only loan officer you know it's a bunch of cold calling um mm-hmm. you know and it's it's volume you know it, 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 you're just constantly pumping the phone so he would have this thing where uh, he, if he got in a rut or there were, you know, there are too many, uh, too many bad calls, he would stand up and like walk around his chair and sit back down, you know, or sometimes he even said he, he would hang a picture upside down in his office and then sit back down and, and work, you know, so it was, and obviously there's no, you know, that's not going to make the Harvard Business Review, but, no. <laughs> but I do like the concept of just, getting up and, and changing rooms or, or, you know, walking, um, you know, not getting my four-year-old a snack that doesn't count, but just just something, just being mindful that you're, you're stepping away from the computer or you're stepping away from, you know, the, your, your prep scale or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I don't do it on a, a a set schedule, but I'm always aware of it. You know, I, I just kind of, I like that. I like, to be able to refresh it just a you know short little breaks and then you can get back to it i i find the 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 exchange rate for you know that how fresh i feel when i sit back down is is definitely worth it you know it only yeah. takes a couple minutes to to really um you know kind of give me a little boost that that i might need absolutely i i don't <clears throat> i don't think that i i probably don't measure it quite enough but I do the exact same thing. I would say once every hour or maybe even 90 minutes, I'll take the dogs out. And, you know, I like to go outside. I like to get a little bit of sunshine and I'm stuck under, you know, interior lights all the time and in front of a screen. And so I like to go just step out into the sunshine, enjoy it for 10 or 15 minutes. And then it really is amazing how just, well, a couple of things happen. Number one, uh, changing your location can often trigger an idea. That's that's been proven through a lot of different uh, uh, studies, and so I think it kind of clears your mind and even offers the opportunity for things to just come to you, uh, you know. But two, you also just get to take a break. Uh, and I, so what I do is I'll go in the backyard, I get some sunshine, and then while my dog is running around the yard, I will walk around the patio area, you know, uh, 
And there's lots of and the reason I do that is with the number of smart people who have said that walking was the most important thing that they did. And I mean, this is everybody from Marcus Aurelius to um, uh, now the author you mentioned earlier, uh, Mark Twain, Mark Twain. You know, there's there's all kinds of people who have said walking was some of the most important things that they ever did in their life. Uh, I don't know if it's helped me any or made me any smarter, but if they can do it, it's good enough for me. Uh, Now, some other a couple other things that Harvard Harvard brings up before we move on to to anything else. Uh, They said, don't be a reminder miser. And so what they mean by this is actually, if you are putting reminders or making that to-do list or anything like that, uh, kind of go into detail. And this is, this is something I'm not really great at. I'll, I'll write myself two or three words, and I expect myself to remember that. Uh, but they talk about really putting down like step-by-step instructions or a detailed description of what you should do. And this does a couple of things. Number one, it will kind of clear that shelf where where that sits in your mind. Uh, and if you're a person who you know stays up late at night thinking of all the things you've got to do the next day, this really should declutter the brain a bit. Uh, and then the last thing, which Chris has already touched on, is reduce time wasters. Now, he can't kick his kids out of the house, so he's, he's out of luck, uh, you know, but Trying to create some do not disturb times uh, can be really, really important. Maybe if you have to, block social media. There's plenty of apps for that, both on your computer and on your phone. Uh, Leave your phone in the other room. I know for me, it's a huge deal. I'm a habitual, I mean, heck, I I feel my phone vibrating in my pocket right now and it's on my desk, Uh, (laughs) you know, and and so... And I know lots of people are like that. It, it vibrates, it rings, you, you want to pick it up. So, you know, get that out of the way. Uh, and if you can, you know, with kids, with dogs, with family members, uh, you know, let them know that there are some times where you just have to not be disturbed. Uh, and I used to think that this was a selfish thing for me to do, you know, closing the office door and saying, I cannot be disturbed right now. But in reality, uh, it allows you to to focus on your family or your friends or or whoever it might be when you are away from the office and and things are not in the back of your mind and, oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done, uh, you know, and and things like that. Perfect example. Today, today, my family and I went out and, and had some family time. I didn't pick up my phone once and I didn't feel bad about it. Uh, you know, and, and it was, it was incredible. We, I think that today we probably made some memories that will last a lifetime, you know, some great summer memories out uh, on the lake. And, uh, and I was only able to do that because I'm also willing to say, you know what, well, right now, you know, dad can't be disturbed. He's got to get things done. Uh, and so there's this, you know, there's back and forth that you have to have to play. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's funny. I always have this thing that, that runs through my head, this narrative. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's like, what if, what if I did have a day job, you know, <laughs> like I wouldn't be here right now. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, usually it's 
that thought is born out of frustration. But <laughs> I wonder how many self-employed uh, people have rented offices and warehouses much, much earlier than they probably should have just to have <laughs> just to have a location that wasn't their home. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have thought about it. You know, it would it would be good for podcast recording. It would be good for, uh, you know, time to focus. I have not ever pulled the trigger on it uh, just because I I think mostly out of guilt. But I would imagine that it would probably actually make me be more present while being at home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, and maybe I'm just cheap. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't decided yet. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely my primary reason. Like, I don't want to add the expense. Like, right. you know, like now, I'm, I'm still trying to build this up. And speaking of speaking of time wasters and, and interruptions, you you put in our show notes today uh, something interesting. I've heard this before, but it's a good reminder. So you put down that it takes an average of 23 minutes to regain the level of concentration and thought you were previously at after being distracted. That is mind boggling. <laughs> Isn't it? I it am is. blown away. I, you know, but at the same time you read it. And if, if you think, you know, if you have an example of when it's happened to you, you it's one of those things where you read it and you go, that's unbelievable, but it has to be true. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, I, I talk about it all the time. It's like the, you know, just I've joked about, you know, like family members that, that think now that I quit my job, I have all the time in the world, you know, and the, they'll just they think they're they're free to come over and take two hours of it or, or call me, <laughs> and you know, keep me on the phone for 90 minutes. Um, yeah, because I don't have anything. They think I'm retired or something. But yep. But yeah, absolutely. you know what? It happened. Uh, it happened when I was writing the email. Uh, you know, I, I was in a groove and, and <laughs> you know, they're. There, uh, I think it's a different side of my brain, uh, you know, my my writing side mm -hmm. versus the listening to my father side, because <laughs> <laughs> because he completely gets me out of whatever zone I'm in, you know. It, it's uh, uh, and I'm I'm just I'm teasing him because he'll he'll never listen to this and kick my ass if he did, but um, you know, it, it, but it's. It was tough. Like it really took me a long time to get back into that frame of mind, you know, because it, it's, you know, it's a thought process. It's, it's a concentration level. It's, uh, you know, it, it could be, you know, your physical chair, you know, <laughs> it could be all this stuff, you know, and, and I know for sure it happened. Uh, it, it was such a productivity killer when I, I was working the nine to five. Uh, you know, the, those people that just want to come over and, and they have decided it, it's their time to chit chat, regardless mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, whatever. What I'd always try to furrow my brow or they say, if you look busy, people are more likely to leave you alone. But um, it doesn't work on everybody, unfortunately. But it, but yeah, yeah it, it's yeah, it, it can take a while, you know, especially if you're if you're in a groove and, and being self-employed, like you mentioned at the top of the show, you're everything. You know, you are every position in the company, you know, so so when you get your head into a certain slot and you're doing bookkeeping, you know, I you don't want to be writing ad copy or, or you know, you, you can't be doing a blog post at that time, you know, and, and, and it's and or whichever pick whatever function, you know, they, they don't the transition isn't quite as, as smooth, you know, so if you get if you get pulled away from it, uh, 
you know, abruptly, yeah, it could take you a long time and it'll kill your productivity. It, it, it's so frustrating sometimes. Absolutely. If, if I am, if I'm sitting down and I'm doing a sourcing session and then I have to go and I don't know, input all of that into inventory lab and make sure that, you know, it's ready for a shipment when it gets here, I wouldn't be able, I can't go back to sourcing. I've, you know, sourcing for me can be a little bit Zen. I can, I can get into some deep work and, you know, you throw on a little bit of music and, and focus on it. And I mean, you can really get rolling. Uh, but then the minute I've got to go and turn on the, I get, I don't know, the boring work of inputting it all into, you know, Amazon, if you're using send to Amazon or, or inventory lab, that absolutely just kills me. Uh, you know, so yeah. I, yeah, we do it to ourselves too. It's not even, you know, it's not always external factors, you know, absolutely. It's, think about it, you know if, if i'm if i'm prepping you know if i'm working on a batch and you know you kind of you kind of have your inventory in your head you know but then there there have been times because i'm you know i do a lot of it again late at night there are certain times where i'll have a couple tabs open and there's a coupon code expiring at 12 o'clock pacific time you know and it's it's 2 30 in the morning or something and i go oh crap i gotta i gotta get that order in mm -hmm. you know because it's 20% off or something, you know, and, and it's a legitimate discount, you know, like it's, it's going to go away uh, in 30 minutes. So then, you, you know, so you jump over and you finish an order that I, that I spaced out on earlier, and then you try to get back to prep and it's, it's, it's a whole different department in my head. You know, I mean, it's, it's not as easy. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not devastating at the same time, but I've probably leaked a whole lot of that inventory that I had in my head, you know, to where, if something went bonkers or, you know, uh, inventory, Amazon tells me uh, they need an expiration date for a cocoa melon doll or something stupid like that. And I've got to, <laughs> you know, and I've got to change it and it rearranges my boxes. All of a sudden I can't recall off the top of my head what was in every single box. Now I got to dig through it. I got to unpack it or something, you know, and you're, you're just, it's too much uh, overlap that non-productive overlap. Exactly. So I, I talked about wanting to circle back to the hustle culture, hustle porn, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, and maybe why that's a little bit toxic, but, and we should probably end the show with maybe some, some of the systems. I know we've talked about them a little bit, but we should probably, probably give folks a couple of systems that they could do some more research on. But, you know, we've talked about, I don't know, if you go on Instagram, you go on, uh, I guess, TikTok, things like that. And I, I'm not a big, I'm not big into this whole, the self-care movement. Okay. I'm not saying you should, uh, you should not do any self-care or anything like that, but I don't know, maybe I'm just not comfortable with myself, uh, you know, wanting to go and, and put some cucumbers over the eyes and, and things like that. But uh, hustle porn has really become something that I think is, is really no good. Uh, Number one, it's not healthy. Uh, you know, if you if you hustle and do nothing else, you just you're going to end up burning out. Uh, and I, I think that I think that depending on how much you uh, decide to hustle, the the bigger and the more fiery the crash will be. Um, and I don't know. I I don't know if if people who espouse that whole hustle culture 
really actually get more more done. Uh, because if you're just if you're always just hustling, are you actually taking time to step back and think about the direction that your business really should go? Uh, or are you, you losing the forest for the trees? Uh, are you, are you seeing I'm, I'm all kinds of cliches here, but you know, are you looking out for what's around the corner and thinking about what may happen and how you might need to uh, adapt, overcome or react to certain situations that you may have been able to see had you just taken a breather for a moment uh, rather than being in the business all the time? Uh, and I don't I don't know. I don't know how to get people out of that because for a lot of folks especially in the amazon world you know it is like i've got a hustle 24 7 365 uh or you know this all goes away and i don't think that's necessarily the case uh so i, I don't know how do we i don't know how do we free people from from this uh i guess is my question to you yeah that's that's difficult you know, because, it, you know, the uh, when you're self-employed, you know, and, and, you know, you're doing everything that you do, you know, you, you're, you're hyper aware of the value of the task that you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. you've moved away from that punch in a time clock. And I just, you know, I just got to do this, you know, because they told me to do it. And, and, you know, the square pegs go in the square holes and blah, blah, blah. And, and then punch out, you know, and, and there's not really a need to know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessary in that environment, but then once you move to self-employment, you know, you've taken away that, you know, I, I'm putting in all this sweat and, you know, into this product and I'm only getting X number of dollars per hour. But instead when you're self-employed, it's all for you. You know, you get a, mm -hmm. you become hyper aware of what, you're do why you're doing what you're doing. You know, the, the why is, is so prevalent because, you know, you're only, you only decide to do it because you know, it needs done. So, so clearly, you know, the why, um, you know, and, and there's such a concentrated value to everything that you do, you know, none of it's meaningless as you're, when you're self-employed, essentially, you know, you may have some, some tasks that, you know, are, are lower value, you know, and, and, but the, even those could be delegated eventually, but, but you know what I mean? Like you're, 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 you're working for yourself. You know, <laughs> there's, there's no resentment. Like, you know, uh, I'm doing all this and, you know, my boss didn't give me a, you know, there's none of that. Um, so, and that's, uh, that's almost how I, I, I started this. You know, I, I've always, I, I always had a second job for a longest, the longest time because I love the idea that I could punch out at five from my day job but then I could go and instead of going out to dinner and spending money, I could then take a few more hours and make even more money. So I felt it almost had a compounding effect. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I, it, it, the, I picked up the money that I wasn't spending. And then on top of that, I was making money. So I saw a whole lot of value in, in um, working longer, you know, so that mm -hmm. and then once I moved into this space and, and became self-employed, you know, I was almost predisposed to the, the hustle porn, you know, and, and it's um, I, I struggled for a long time figuring out when it was OK to stop, you know, because I always had that thought that, you know, anything recreational 
you know, it would creep into my head where it's like, okay, if instead of playing, you know, hitting this bucket of balls, you could actually be making money, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that compounding effect, it actually reversed, it became a negative and kind of made me feel guilty from having spending time on hobbies and spending my time, you know, just doing recreational stuff. Um, so it can be tough, you know, it, it's, it, it's tough to turn it off. You know, it, it, yeah. it's tough to, to decide because, you know, the one thing in, with this whole time management thing, everyone has to understand that there's there's always going to be more that needs done than you're going to be able to do. You know, that that's, you know, the key. That's why prioritization, like we talked about before, is so important because you're you're not going to get to absolutely everything that you could be doing. You know, um, so, so you need to focus on the important stuff first, and, you know, and just, um, you know, do your do the most important stuff. Get get that done. Um, that That's why the priority prioritization part of it is so, so important. But. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, you just basically have to to force your way to figure out how to not feel guilty about just punching out, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and, and just. You know, it, which which I think is probably in, in my personal situation, it's probably why I like the the, the short bursts of work followed by a break. Mm-hmm. You know, so so at least I can have little bits of time, you know, where I know I've I've spent time just not working, you know, just whatever it is I'm doing. It's just not, you know, I'm not constantly working, you know. So so at least I know there's a little bit of uh, downtime that I've spent regardless yeah. of, of how my day plays out. Um, yeah. I think I think one of the things that finally got me to realize that it was okay to not just yeah, I'm a I'm a workaholic by nature. Uh, you know, I if if I didn't have, you know, something more important like my family to pull me away, I would I mean I would probably just work nonstop. Uh, you know, but after a while and a little bit of self-reflection and realizing that we're, we're really lucky, like in this space, we get to leverage something where we can make money, even though we're not working. So for example, today, uh, you know, it's Sunday when we're recording this podcast, we spent, we spent the early part of the day, we probably spent five hours out on the lake with some friends. Uh, and, when I got home and finally did check my Amazon account, it was the second best sales day of the month. Uh, you know, and when I first realized that, that, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can buy into that hustle culture for, you know, a week at a time and then realize that, okay, I'm going to go leverage a platform where, you know, all these products will sell without necessarily me having to dip my hand into it. Uh, it's okay for me to maybe take a day off uh, and and rely on that past work and then come back to it. Uh, and so I I don't know. I hope more people out there can can realize that so that they a don't burn themselves out because I mean there was a time when I allowed the stress to build up of overworking and then and that causes that causes all kinds of problems in its own right. Uh, now, before before we end the show, we should we should talk about some of the systems that we've brought up a few times. Uh, do you have any favorite time management systems? Um, no, because I am terrible at them. 
Uh, <laughs> but but you're good at being honest, and that's that's something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This that, that you read the review in the beginning. Of, of Brian said I was an expert, and I was in my head. I'm going, oh no, no, no. Uh, especially not this topic. Um, no, I, I am. <laughs> I am still figuring it out. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's a it's a time of experimentation. Um, probably the the number one thing. I need to do is uh, kind of stick with it. Uh, you know, I, I'm notorious for, for starting something and, and just doing it for a couple of days and, you know, not, not getting a big enough sample size to, to actually, uh, you know, determine if that's good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I do, I love, you know, what I was really happy to see is uh, the, the Pareto principle in time management you know, cause that's, uh, that's one of my favorite, uh, uh, things. I love it when that, you know, you talked about stuff kind of, uh, coming up over and over again and, and being repetitive in these books, um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot, whole no. lot of overlap and, and re- repetition in self-help, but personally, I find that as a, a, a reinforcing factor, like mm-hmm. a lot, especially if I like the concept, like I do the Pareto principle, I, I'm fascinated by it. It's a, it's amazing how many places you see it. Um, so I don't mind reading about it over and over again because it, it you know, it reinforces the importance. Um, you know, it, it reinforces the the aspects of it that I liked, um, and and uh, you know, so it, it helps me apply it. You know, in in my operations, uh, if I keep hearing about it, but. Um, but yeah, the Pareto principle, that's, that's the 80, 20 rule. Um, you know, and, and you can use that in time management as well. You know, it's, it's a lot, 80% of your, you know, your production or, or, you know, whatever you want to take is going to come from 20% of your effort. So, so if you can figure out what tasks, you know, what that 20% that you do every day or, or every week or whatever segment, however you want to chop it up, that produces 80% of your revenue or your profit or whatever the, the result is, that's, that could be a pretty powerful time management skill, you know, if, if you're able to identify those. So, uh, you know, that one I was excited to read about. The, I, I don't know, I, in my opinion, the 80-20 principle is probably one of the most powerful principles that in, in anything, whether it's marketing, if it's finance, time management, uh, business in general, it really, and it's probably something that everyone knows about, but does not really pay attention to as much as they should. Uh, I I'm, and I know that I'm guilty of this. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, um, what the 20% of the businesses that I have make up 80% of my profits. Uh, and if I would actually do a deep dive and figure that out, I could probably cut out a lot of fluff work that I don't actually need to do. Uh, which I don't know whether that makes me stupid for not doing that or, uh, or lazy or what, but, uh, it means something. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't know. That is, it's one of my absolute favorite principles. Now, I will have to say I I do like the A B C D E method. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't do it as well as I should, but I do like to take tasks and divide them up. You know what you should do, what you could do, what you could delegate, and what you're never going to do. Um, I'm not so great at taking the things off that I'm never going to do. I'm getting a little bit better at delegating, uh, 
and and then I think I'm pretty good at putting the tasks that need to get done near the top. You know, if like if if you break down my day today, the things that needed to get done were it was it was a planned family day, so that needed to get done, and then I had to write a suspension for someone, uh, and we knocked those two things you know out of the park, um, you know, and so I do like that the best. I've tried the quadrant system in the past, and I don't know, my brain doesn't seem to function that way very well in in the quadrant system where, where you split tasks into urgent, important, both or neither. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. It's just not not for me. Yeah. And I tell you, what, I and I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am not a fan of the Pomodoro technique. OK. Uh, I I don't uh, because I'm I'm really I'm more into uh, flow. And mm -hmm. I've mentioned that before. And it, it's popped up a couple times in a couple different books now, you know, to where if you're in a zone and you're productive. Just keep going. You know, go as yeah. long as you can, you know, and, and if it's I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want a timer, you know, an egg timer to dictate, you know, when when I stop, a, a you know, a, a line of concentration, which I, yeah. and I know you don't have to, you know, you don't have to adhere to it super strictly. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I don't. Uh, I, I don't I, I, I don't want that kind of structure. I would agree with that. I, I don't know. I, once I, once I quit, uh, you know, the, the job and I no longer had a boss, uh, I kind of, I kind of threw up the middle finger to structure in general. Uh, and I prefer, uh, you know, let's kind of go with the flow. I did try the, have you ever installed the tomato timer extension? No, uh, no. Okay. I've so, uh, you know, I tried the tomato timer, which is based on the Pomodoro technique and it, it wasn't for me either. I, after reading Cal, Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, and, and him really kind of going into flow and things like that, I am, I'm on the same page as you. Uh, you know, if I'm, I don't know, if, I, if I'm putting together on the weeks that you don't write five things Friday, uh, you know, I, that, I get into a flow pretty easily. You know, I, I know that I'm going to do my research first, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to pick what articles I want to talk about. And then I'm going to, you know, write the content and uh, try to be mildly funny while also offering some, you know, some real news and, and actionable things for people. Uh, and that kind of thing, just, I'm, it's easy to get in the flow and I don't want to stop after an hour. It might take me, you know, 90 or 90 minutes to, to two hours to write. And I can do that in one sitting. Uh, but make me pull up inventory lab and I, you got about 15 minutes and I need to, I need to get up and take a walk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and I, you know, uh, I do, have, I do have a bone to pick uh, before we move on. Okay. Uh, you had in the, in the discord, you had the, the pirate joke in the, in the shenanigans channel. Uh, mm hmm and it was arbitrage, right? You know, <laughs> what, do, what do you call a pirate that, that sells on Amazon, right? Yeah, so funny. Absolute crickets. When I followed up with, they buy stuff on sale. S a i l. That's, I know that, that was perfect. That was high class. I mean, that is that is expert level and and complete crickets. Not even not even a, a sympathy smiley face emoji. Did I so did I not give you did I not give you a, a sympathy smiley face? I there apologize. Was, there was nothing. The, the nine hundred people in there ghosted me completely. I ah. it was so disheartening. 
Yeah. See that that was a that was that was perfect comedic timing, uh, and I will I will give you a pat on the back publicly here uh, since I, di- I didn't give you one there. Uh, I appreciate it. I feel yeah. better already. I would. I'm curious how many, and we may have to do this sometime. I'm. I would imagine there are quite a few uh, puns we could end up coming up with uh, in the Amazon space, uh, and that may have to be a topic for a show one day. Maybe. Maybe we'll have an adult beverage or two and, and just uh, just riff <laughs> a little bit on that. Uh, Speaking of our lowest rated episode, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we might find out how how few people share our sense of humor. That's the that's the dangerous part of that. Uh, a- as usual, we do want to end the show with a quote, uh, and and we pulled a couple. Although I think. I think the first one is, is going to be the one we, we go with. And uh, this one is take care of the minutes and the hours will take care of themselves. Uh, and that is from, uh, I don't know, his majesty, uh, Lord Chesterfield. I'm not, I'm not even sure who Lord Chesterfield is right off the top of my head. Uh, I, but I, my I first like instinct quote. was um, that's, that's who you call the convenience store. If you have Lord Chesterfield in a can, but I think that's, <laughs> that's somebody else. That I, I think so. <laughs> but don't sleep on that quote because that's, that is so good. And that, that flows into some of our favorite books mm-hmm. on, on productivity and, you know, atomic habits, the motivation myth, uh, you know, because there was a concept where uh, they, they, where you forget about the goal, you know, you can set a goal, but, and then you, you figure out the process to get there, but then you forget about the goal and you Mm -hmm. just focus on the process, you know? So it's just do what you need one day after day. And and you just kind of stack up days and, and which, you know, creates a habit. And then one after another, you end up achieving the goal. But, but these books focus on, and I love, I love this concept is where you focus on the process itself. And actually yes. get to get to enjoy the process, uh, and, and it it almost makes the goal irrelevant. You almost hit it, you know, and and not even notice it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's really good stuff there. I think you know, if we could package up uh, some of what James Clear has put together, uh, which I mean, I have a lot of quotes on my phone, you know, that I save and mm-hmm. he has to be the number one most quoted person in, in my phone. Like it's almost embarrassing. You would think I'm stalking the guy. Uh, like, like but, his, his emails, he, oh. <laughs> he has that, uh, like click to tweet, you yep. know, it's, it's like, a, I've seen that plugin on, on WordPress before his stuff is like the only ones that I've actually ever used the click to tweet function. Oh, wow. <laughs> like See, that's, that's how good his stuff is. The only reason I haven't is because I will do it on every single one. And then I, I like, <laughs> right. I worry he would block me on Twitter. Uh, uh, but uh, if you could take some of what James clear puts together and then, I don't know, maybe add a little bit of the Seinfeld method to that which I like, I really like Seinfeld's method of writing where he talks about, you just mark an X on every single day. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, those two things alone, I think would make people uh, more successful than they ever dreamed that they would want to be. If they just realize that over, over a long enough time of doing the right things, uh, you're really gonna, gonna make a huge, huge difference. So, 
All right, this was this was a great episode. Listen, guys, if you if you enjoyed this episode, uh, you know, please make sure to drop a like wherever you're watching this. Leave us a review; uh, they really do help us. They get a few more people interested in the show. Uh, and uh, while I don't think we're ever going to make the top ten uh, list for business podcasts, uh, we would like to maybe at least be top ten in your hearts, uh, and we'll uh, we'll appreciate that. So. Chris, thanks for joining me for another week, man. Uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, always have a good time. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week uh, with another episode. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Good selling. Thanks for listening to Clear the Shelf with Chris and Chris. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and share to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite FBA group. And be sure to tag me and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear more from us in the future. Also, I'd like to give you some free gifts for listening. Head over to rabbittrailchallenge.com and repricerchallenge.com for some free courses to further your business. Thanks for listening.